to a martial arts movie podcast. Ha-ha! I threw that shit before I walked in the room! Yeah! Featuring drunken Thai boxer, Will. Too bad you will die. The also drunken wrestler, Mark. I said I don't want trouble! And drunken karate master, Zero. You've lost your boss. And now, Paul, 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 I don't come You know, baby. Fists of Fail. Oh boy, I don't know if I'm excited or uh, spiteful for today's episode, Zero. <laughs> you would maybe, be maybe spiteful. spiteful against yourself Myself. then, Myself. because you have been pushing for this so often. Mm-hmm. Uh, listeners, uh, I, I don't know if you know this. I mean, you w- why would you? Because it's, it's basically in the, uh, the history behind the show. Uh, the a big w- one big background, uh, the, the background behind the Fist of Fail podcast is that Zero and I and Mark, who we swear is still alive somewhere, <laughs> uh, we didn't start the show just by doing martial, martial arts films. We started by just doing Jackie Chan nights, just watching a whole bunch of movies. And before Fist of Fail, Fists of Fail, because, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, ah, there, see, yeah, see, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can see now. I'm starting to see the the issue with the title. Uh, <laughs> um, before we started the show, we were doing Jackie Chan nights, and also we also had bad movie nights. So we, at one point, we decided let's combine the two. Let's let's go out there and try to find the worst of Jackie Chan's movies and just marathon them. And then it, I think it became a point of discussion where we were just like, we were both aware that Jackie Chan's two most notorious films are probably some like cinema's worst like affronts to mankind. I, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go that far. I don't know. These movies are pretty bad. Uh, they're pretty bad, but they're they're not that bad. Uh, we we've boy. seen worse. Oh, of We've course. Definitely seen worse. Of course. I mean, we, you and I watch a lot of bad movies as well, and you know. Well, that's what I'm saying. That these are for Jackie Chan films. They're they're pretty they're pretty poor. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not the worst. Uh, I think we know which is probably the worst Jackie Chan film. <laughs> maybe we'll cover that one day. Yeah, maybe. maybe. But um, these are these are the bottom of the barrel because if you're a fan of Jackie Chan's movies uh you're most likely a fan of what he can do with action and martial arts and these films definitely lack in that department absolutely absolutely and well what are we talking about today zero we are talking about uh actually which came first uh the tuxedo and the medallion uh, also known as High Binders, I believe, was the original working title. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can hear Bay Logan. And actually, you can see it on the uh, the clapboards that they used in the making ofs of the medallion that that was the working title. I'm not entirely sure why they changed the title, but I can see with the final product that it kind of makes sense. Because High uh, Binders wise. is dumb. <laughs> it sounds yeah. like it's a take on Highlander, mm-hmm. and maybe they're just like, no, we don't want it to be associated with that. Because the movie kind of is deals with immortality a little bit. But yeah. That's true. That is very true. Um, well... A little backstory behind my history with this movie, because Rumble in the Bronx has resonates with you. These movies yes. resonate with me 
in like a negative way in a very yeah, negative why. way <laughs> <laughs> well uh, there, there's a reason why we're comparing these two movies today as opposed to jackie's other american fairs or western catered movies uh like we're not comparing you know bleeding steel which is more recent we're not but we're also not comparing it to more of his other 2000s um uh, attempts like uh, uh around the world in 80 days or um uh What's the other one? Uh, Accidental Spy or Spy Next Door? Spy Next Door. Spy Next Door. Yeah, I always confuse those two. Um, there's a reason why we're comparing these two. I think these are in the same level of horribleness. And I watched them like crazy as a kid because it, w- it was weird. I, you know, like I told you, I, I grew up with Jackie Chan films. Like I, I was under this impression because I was young. It's like, oh, Jackie Chan can't do wrong. He is... He always does like these great films, and then you know, Rush Hour came out. I watched it. I wasn't in love with it, but I remember liking it as a kid. Then I watched these two movies, and I was like in a state of denial, <laughs> just <laughs> always trying to convince myself. I'm like, I'm sure it gets better over time. Let me watch it again, and I watched it again. I'm like, that was still pretty bad. Let me try <laughs> watching it again. I'm like, no, it's Jackie Chan. He's, he can't do wrong. And I was I was young, I I, I you know, and the, these movies came out relatively around the same time, and then that's when I realized, I'm like, oh, even your heroes are capable of producing <laughs> atrocities sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't say these are atrocities. They're 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 bad. Oh uh, boy. Well, not not even. I don't even think. I don't think the tuxedo is as bad as some people might say because. Mm-hmm. It is from point A to point B. The story beats are there. There are no very glaring plot holes. I think the execution of things like the action and the comedy are what fall flat. So that's maybe where people consider it a bad film. Yep. Uh, the medallion is. It's it's like one of those essays that the teacher gets from like a very unique child where you see that they put a lot of effort into it. So you give them points for that, but it's a freaking mess, right? That, that student that you're referring to is Bay Logan, right? Cause he's <laughs> the one who wrote this. <laughs> yeah, I think sure he's like one case. of five writers. Oh yeah. So, true. Yeah. Again, true. again with like the, the multiple writers, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, Bay Logan is a wealth of information for us uh, when it comes to getting information on like the backstories and making ups of movies. But boy, oh boy, did I not know that he could make he could be partly responsible for a stinker. But who knows? Um, part of the medallion's uh, lost charm, I guess, is that we don't know if the original edit of this was better. I guess right because we. This movie isn't uh, technically an American production. Uh, technically, it was uh, it was filmed in Europe. I uh, guess it's a European. Uh, production, I think I guess. in Ireland. I, yeah, filmed, Ireland. Yeah. Right. It's an Irish production. Um, well, I mean, the distribution rights was kind of complicated at the time, so it was eventually picked up by American American studio, uh, Columbia TriStar, I think. Um, and. They, I think they just went through a bunch of reshoots in order to actually give the go-ahead for the final say of the production, uh, final prints of the movie. So there explains how, why there's so many alternate scenes, why there's uh, like why it's edited to shit sometimes. 
and I'm wondering if the original version would have worked better. I, I'm I can already tell that the original um, draft of it already sounded like a different movie, um, at, le- at least tonally, because it sounds like they originally wanted this movie to be about human trafficking. Really? That's what I read up on on IMDb. Yeah, yeah, that's part of the trivia right there. Oh, um, boy. That was like I think a, a Bay Logan's orig- uh, original treatment. But they eventually changed it. Of course it is. Of course, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, I think the magical elements, all the mystical elements of the movie are still there. And uh, it's still, like, that's what is immediately the the issue with the movie. There's going to be magical elements. There's got to be a lot of CG. And this is Jackie Chan's supposed first CG film and really i did not know that supposedly i mean i don't actually know the validity to that i mean this is early 2000s i can't remember anything from the 90s that he was in that had cg in it so let's let's assume that's true you you take jackie who's known for his physical feats and you throw a bunch of cg and wire work to make play up the magical angle and the movie is immediately gonna not have what makes jackie so special right yeah i think I think for action fans uh, for both movies, Tuxedo and The Medallion, that is probably what's disappointing. Not only the kind of lack of fights, but it is very, very clear that Jackie is on wires in many, many instances. Like he's doing a normal jump kick and he's just floating in the air when he's doing it. And whenever you and I watch those fight scenes, we just groaned out loud because (laughs) this is not older current jackie him being in i guess it, i don't know if he's in his 50s or 60s now mm, but this was him now. i think is in his 40s or maybe maybe even in his 30s yeah. and he was still capable of doing the physical feats so as a fan of his original action work where he's known for not needing cables that's kind of how he was basically advertised it's disappointing to see that yeah. Now, in the tuxedo, uh, kind of like how we mentioned in in Shanghai Noon, it's probably because it, that's an American production. Uh, I think they went on. I think he mentioned in, in an interview where there's a stunt where it's just a stuntman doing like the whole thing, you know, that he didn't even do it. Yep. So, you know, because of unions and all and safety regulations, all that. So I kind of give tuxedo a pass. But the fact that the medallion, it's directed by Gordon Chan, I believe. Gordon Chan, And it's technically a Hong Kong production, just filmed in Ireland. It's so disappointing what happened there. And and the medallion has uh, Samuel Hung as action choreographer. You can see a semblance of where the action could have been good in places, but we don't know. know. It's on the cutting room floor somewhere. It's in some some vaults somewhere that we're just never going to see it. We do have deleted scenes. Mm-hmm. There is a deleted fight scene, but it's it's still messy as hell. <laughs> yeah. So it's just... I, this was also... Uh, nom- uh, the medallion was also nominated for... Uh, in, in the, uh, I think, the Hong Kong... I'm sorry, Awards. what? <laughs> really? Right. Wow, this is the first I've heard of that. Uh, wow, I did not... I was not aware of that. Uh, what year... Was this go like what movies were they going against at that year? That's that's no super idea. astounding to me. <laughs> um, well, I mean, while you look that up, I, I and I'm very curious to know if that's true or not. Um, 
I, I think going back to our theme today, and it's been a while since we did a comparison episode. Uh, I mean, it's it's gonna be hard if we're gonna if if we're gonna do a technical action breakdown of these movies, which we're probably not going to because there's really not that much. They're they're just borderlining the de- definition of what a martial arts movie is. It has Jackie in it. He does sub- do some fighting in both movies. But what's enjoyable about these movies is that you can just break them down for how awful they are. And you can kind of compare which is, for lack of a better term, better <laughs> or worse. Which is uh, worse. And, and which, which, can, which can you tolerate more? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, what's the more? lesser of two evils or what's the best of the worst? You know, and yeah. pick, pick your poison. At that right. Point. Exactly. And I, I don't really have a definitive answer sometimes because sometimes I'll flip-flop between the two. I would say the tuxedo is far more competent, like you said, but it's not as enjoyable as medallion, but I also hate the medallion more. So I don't well, like, I don't, I am battling my own emotions. With these yeah. Movies. Well, why don't we, why don't we save it for the end? Sure. Sure. That, that okay. Sense. So going back to it, uh, the medallion was nominated for best action choreography in 2000 or in the 23rd Hong Kong film awards. It was going up against, uh, Stephen Tung's heroic in heroic duo, Chin Carlock in Star Runner, Yoon Bun in Running on Karma, and all of those lost to Donnie Yen in the Twin Effects. Oh, that movie was awful too. <laughs> that that was a slow year. Okay. Very very uh, <laughs> slow year for uh, martial Hong arts Kong, fans, yeah. infor- unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Gordon Chan, uh, like, like I mentioned before, I know that this. Ha- the movie had to be picked up by American studio and they had to cut it to shreds or redo reshoots that that's, you know, pretty normal in terms of uh, film production, but Gordon Chan, he's, he's made some, some of my favorite Stephen Chow movies and he even made fist of legend. Like he's, he's a, at least some, some name as a director in the martial arts space. And like he has some space. pedigree, a pedigree. Exactly. So, I don't know what the original treatment of this movie was. Uh, it's like, if it, is it so much better? Because apparently there isn't an original cut of this movie anywhere. Uh, this, the final version that we got is basically all that there is to it. Um, we get 20 minutes of deleted scenes on the uh, DVD for this movie, but it doesn't seem like if we were to cobble things together, we would get a completely different film. So I'm curious if the original version would have been better because this this final version is, oh boy, <laughs> I, I don't think so. I think the the deleted scenes are cut for pacing and timing. They're mm-hmm. deleted for a reason. They don't really offer too much. Some more character beats. No. The uh, the idea to not include that extended fight scene was was kind of odd because mm-hmm. uh, you know it's more fighting. It's a Jackie Chan movie. But then I there I realized that there is a magical element that goes on in that fight that was never really explained anywhere in the movie. So when you see it, you're just kind of shocked, like <laughs> as to what is going on. And we can elaborate on that. Yeah, yeah, a yeah. little later. Right, right. Well, I mean, if we're, are we going to break the the action down? I mean, there's really not too much action in the medallion. I guess we could talk about the medallion first, if the, if you think that's wise. Um, so, so I want to take a crack at 
the plot of both movies at the same time at the same time because you may not realize it but these are the same this is these are two are the same film really okay go on go ahead yeah. i'm curious okay jackie they chan. both have jackie chan okay there we go <laughs> yeah jackie chan our hero gains superhuman abilities by obtaining the title of the film and in the <laughs> end and in the end he has to fight the villain who also obtains the title of the film. Oh, my God. <laughs> eh? Eh? You see yeah, what I did there? There we go. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's... These are the same films. Oh, my God. You're right. You're absolutely <laughs> right. Wow. Holy crap. <laughs> Shoe an Iron Man into that, and somehow it's still the same, same story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they replace Jackie with Robert Downey. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. Uh, well, the, the medallion is... Clearly a mystical, magical set movie, whereas tuxedos, kind of like pseudos, technology, science-y. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, little, with, a little more into this very, very soft sci-fi. Yeah. And both movies have this weird juggling act they do with like, sexuality. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that. Like, <laughs> well, really... this is, this is uh, early 2000s. Uh, homophobic jokes are still very appropriate. Mm-hmm. You can still objectify women and use their bodies for comedy, which, yeah. which is very, very more evident yeah. in uh, the tuxedo. Mm-hmm. The medallion is the one that has that uh, heavy, heavy homophobic uh, joke scene in the beginning. With uh, Lee but, Evans. Yeah, with Lee Evans. Oh, boy. But uh, I think that's it. I would say that's it. I don't, I don't recall anything else uh, throughout the course of the film like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, well let's, let's, let's talk about The Medallion because uh, out of the two of these movies, I've seen The Medallion far more, at least because I think it is mostly there's an entertainment factor with how terrible the movie is. So you just <laughs> end up watching it. It's like a car wreck that you just can't look away from. It's it's atrocious, but anyways. So how about the, you? How about you elaborate more on the plot then? Of sure, the sure. Because th- th- that's that's the tougher one for me <laughs> when it comes to all the mysticism. The medallion. Stuff. Yes, uh, I was gonna talk about Lee Evans at first, but because he makes the movie kind of unbearable at times, he's really atrocious. Sure. But aside from that, he well he plays like the partner character that's supposed to help Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan is trying to save a little boy. It, it, which sometimes comes off a little creepy with the dialogue that they wrote with today's <laughs> modern ears. Uh, he tries to save this little boy who has mystical powers, and he gets he dies as a result of trying to save him. But he comes back to life because the little boy has magic powers. Jackie Chan develops basically inhuman strength, speed, immortality. So all the sense of peril in the movie is just completely gone. <laughs> After that point. And then he fights Julian Sands. Julian Sands, the wonderful actor uh, who I did not know was the voice of Voldemort. Uh, Voldemort? Not, Vo- not Voldemort. Valmont. No. Valmont. No, yeah, no, no. Yes. Wrong franchise. Uh, <laughs> in uh, Jackie Chan Adventures. I did not yeah. know that. Oh, man. Once you pointed that out to me, I could not. Like, that's all I heard. I heard his voice. I heard him yelling at his goons. Yeah. That, um, I don't know. Some floating... Or some giant dragon head statue. <laughs> I know he wasn't there at the later seasons because I remember watching the later seasons and thinking his voice sounds incredibly goofy. But um, yeah, well, we're not talking about Jackie Chan Adventures, at least not today. Um, 
So J- Julian Sands acquires the medallion, and then he fights Jackie, and then that's the movie. And literally, the point where the movie uh, takes that turn where Jackie dies and comes back to life, it becomes full throttle, heavy wire work, heavy myst- like magic all, all around. And it's not what a Jackie Chan fan would be into at all. Like, not even a little bit. There, there's no sense of peril in anything that's happening. Uh, everything is is edited to shit. Literally showing scenes, fight scenes, with everything either upside down, the ro- the camera spinning, there's cut frames, the frame rate's all over the place. It, it's, it's a visual mess. And then in the middle of all this is Lee Evans mugging to the camera and being the most annoying partner character so it's like it's like a like an affront on all ends. Like your ears hurt, your eyes hurt. Like you're you're like mentally overstimulated. The medallion has has this crazy effect on you. I, I don't know. That might just me be might be me being hyperbolic. Well, I would agree with you on the Lee Evans aspect, and I think what was going on still, like I mentioned in the uh, Shanghai Noon episode, they were. Jackie Chan in when you know he's in the English speaking roles he needs to be partnered with someone he can't carry the film by himself yep. so in the medallion he has Lee Evans and then Claire for for Lonnie for Lonnie yeah the, the girl uh, from she, she is also um a, a partner tagging along but she's also the love interest and yes to completely agree with you Lee Evans mugs for the camera and it's pretty annoying it's a sh- it's a shame because that kind of you know like that kind of cocky schmarmy character could have worked if he was dialed down just a little bit if he was just silly bumbling english man yeah um but but he literally mugs for the camera he's really like looking at the camera at certain points to trying to say like hey yeah get this joke huh huh uh, and like, uh, it's it becomes unbearable at times. Yeah, the the joke for the camera is that he can contort his lips. That's the joke, and he, yeah, he that's can a joke. and he can make homophobic jokes at his own expense. <laughs> it wasn't funny back then. I don't think it really holds up at all by no, today's standards. Um, but one good thing about the movie is that this is I think this is Scott Atkins' film debut, if I remember this correctly. It was either Should this be. or Accidental Spy. No, Accidental Spy is way a, a little later than this. Was it later? Okay, mm-hmm. then uh, this maybe this might be his like big film debut. I I can't recall. Yeah. But yes, yeah. Scott Atkins does appear in a very nice. I want to say like a burgundy maroonish trench coat. <laughs> he has one of those like Hot Topic uh, armor, you know, gauntlet rings. Mm-hmm. I I was always tempted to buy one of those, but then whenever I saw people wearing it, I was like, that looks so dumb. So <laughs> store cocaine in that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, might as well. Mm-hmm. But it was so funny whenever when we first, whenever we watch this, we always cheer when Scott Atkins comes on screen, <laughs> and then he's done yep. in just a few hits, and we're just and we're always like, oh no, come on. Yep. 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 It's a shame because okay, uh, as of today, there's a newer episode of the Corridor Crew where they break down, where they get stunt folks to come in and break down some action. And Scott Atkins was on, and he gave some insight on his time on this production. 
he didn't say good or po- bad things about the production or the movie itself, but he did uh, inform us that I, I guess he initially wanted to work on this. Uh, he went, initially wanted to work on this one fight scene where he fights Jackie Chan on the boat at first, and he needed to perform, perform well so that he can get a reprisal at the end, kind of like to bookend his appearance in the movie. And uh, one good story that you know I'm sure Scott Atkins can tell way better than I will is that he was being told by Samo to kick, kick Jackie much harder, like kick him really hard. And so he'd be like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do that. And then the stunt crew would be like, I'm watching you. Don't, don't do anything <laughs> crazy, all right? Just go, go gentle. So he's just like trying to juggle the two. And, you know, but at least he showed up at the very end. You know, he, he kind of bookends uh, his appearance at the very end. But it, there's an extensive scene of, when I say extensive, I mean 20 more seconds of Scott Atkins fighting Jackie with a whole bunch of other goons. Uh, it's a, like a three or four on one. And it doesn't make it into the final cut of the movie. That version, I'm kind of glad doesn't make it into the final cut because, you, yeah, like you said before, there's magical elements that aren't explained with the current version that we're seeing in the final print. But I think the original story was, uh, it would have tied into play like why that magical element was there to begin with. So the original treatment of the story was that Julian Sands wanted to create a high binder army so he would get all his henchmen to become to die and come back to life like Jackie did. So Jackie would fight other immortals. And there you go. There's like the peril that would be in there. And then I'll explain why there's like a holy water or something that can actually kill these people. Yeah. You, you see like all there's like miss, missing MacGuffins in the story that are missing in the, the version that we're yeah. watching. So what I uh, just to elaborate um, in the in that deleted fight or in that extended fight that wasn't in the original what you notice is jackie chan gets his hands on like some sort of dust and then he kind of drinks some water to kind of mix this dust together and then what happens is he ends up spitting it all over these guys he's fighting scott henchman and two other men and it's not explained but after doing so the the body part that he spit the water on shrinks so yep. you'll see a brief moment of <laughs> one of the guy's uh hand shrink and then you'll notice the the three henchmen line up and scooting out including scott atkins and their heads shrink because he initially spit the water on them that doesn't make it like i understand but like we never got an introduction to that plot point yep. uh like why why are their heads shrinking why didn't Jackie's whole head shrink itself? Like you see him rub it <laughs> off to imply that, oh, I'm I'm like removing this magical element because I'm rubbing it off, but that doesn't make any sense. This movie is the prequel to Super Mario Brothers, the movie. Scott Atkins turns into a Goomba because you know oh, the tiny oh, little heads and the tiny giant head. bodies. Oh, yeah. nice, nice. I like uh, that. It all like kind of ties into it in the end. But yeah, I think there's just so many things that are just cut out of the, you know, of the movie. And I don't actually think the. I see what they're trying to do with the f- final cut that we have because at the end, Julian Sands fights Jackie. Julian Sands is inexplicably much better as a fighter in terms of the movie. <clears throat> His character is much better than Jackie, but he gets defeated by the medallion getting impaled and then thrown at his chest. 
And no part of this do you, no part of the movie do you, are you ever told why that worked. Why how, why is that the thing that kills him? Yeah, there's a there's a few throwaway lines here and there mm-hmm. saying something along the lines like the medallion can give life, which it does. It provides Jackie uh midway through the movie and it can also take life. And I think that's the only explanation. I I don't get it. I just have to buy it because the movie shows the guy getting killed with a coin, essentially. <laughs> um, oh, so going back to everything we uh, I, I was saying much earlier in the episode, a couple of years ago before we started the show, Zero and I actually did basically the same premise of what we're doing today, which is watch both movies and then compare them back to back. And... I, I guess you've never seen The Medallion uh, until then, right? Like, that was your first time watching it I, with me? I never saw it uh, all the way through. I mm. remember watching bits and pieces. I remember, I very vividly remembered that horrific ending where Jackie and Claire are running down that cgi hallway and then they burst through the side of the mountain and they're just running at the screen and they fly away because spoiler alert she now is also an immortal and we don't even need to elaborate on that but it was i just remember feeling embarrassed oh yeah yeah but i think it helped that you and i watched it together that one time because i remember both of us were laughing oh laughing so much um it wasn't. It wasn't as we weren't laughing as much as we were at the end of Bleeding Steel. But it was so stupid that it was enjoyable watching um, Julian Sands get sucked up by a coin, and then him and a CG dragon and Phoenix or whatever snake thing he is come barreling towards Jackie. They lift him up into the sky, and then they both. And then Jackie falls to his on his face. There was something so ludicrous and so absurd about it that just made us laugh and this time around we didn't we we're just like uh we just this movie needs to end <laughs> <laughs> it really does yeah yeah that's the that's the issue i have with the medallion is once once all the fantastical elements start getting thrown at you and all the cgi it just becomes really really messy and that that ending that end fight is just uh utter disappointment lots and lots of wire work lots of lots of 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 our heroes just like literally soaring on the screen and just like kind of clashing at each other like they're puppets right you you know just getting smacked against each other it's it's uh yeah it's a shame absolutely you hit it over the head because looking at the set it's interesting i actually like the set design quite a bit and yeah, well, they're actually- they're really. Uh, I think uh, before all of this, they're shooting. They might be shooting in a real castle in Ireland. Mm-hmm, I think uh, when we were watching mm-hmm. some behind the scenes, you know, they they had they just had the camera and the people going through around the hallways of the castle, which is cool. So like, yeah. they got a really great, you know, uh, real setting uh, for this. Yeah, and then they built that e- very very elaborate. Uh, I don't know chamber giant open chamber for the for the end fight but then they're right. just you know they're just flying around on strings right not uh, yeah not what we want to see from a well giant, it, it's giant it's fight. weird because it's not like a wuxia film because uh, like yes if, if we were going to a movie and we expected wuxia physics that's kind of like what i would be anticipating 
to see and I would set my expectations to a certain level. But here it's like some of the mystical elements of the movie, they, they're like, they're, they're basically setting up rules as you're watching them. Um, so there's moments where Julian Sands is standing upside down. You're like, what? I didn't know that he could do that. That's really jarring. Um, and then he, he, he's, he's standing upside down, which props to the stunt person who, who subbed in for him. Um, cause it, you know, uh, watching the behind the scenes, you actually see that it was actually him doing that. It's, it's cool looking. But when he pops out of the upside down position and he circles around to be upright again, it, the final cut is so odd and so awkward. You know, he just, he literally just pops out of, pops out and he comes back in and it, it just looks so ridiculous. And that's how I would explain or how it would describe a lot of the physics in this movie. It just, nothing feels, nothing feels impactful. Everything feels extremely floaty. Uh, timing wise, there's like this weird speed ramp effect, it, but it's not, it's like this weird jaggedy kind of feeling. It doesn't help that there's cut frames as well. Like nothing feels natural about this movie. Mm-hmm. Nothing about this movie feels right. right. Well, I mean, I'll disagree with you in terms of feeling impactful. Uh, this, yes, there is a lot of CG in this movie, but this is still uh, early two thousands. Samuel Hung is directing. There's still practical effects going on. There's mm-hmm. lots of explosions and stuff going, you know, happening like that staircase uh, yeah. blowing up and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't I don't know what what happened <laughs> with right. this film. I, I think for for me like uh all the cut frames and all the 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 stretching duration, mm-hmm. you know, having slow motion when you didn't shoot in slow motion so you're just, you know, uh, extending the this the footage, that kind of stuff bothers me, but I think that's also kind of a stylistic thing uh in some Hong Kong films as well. So, I mean, right. that's just what they were doing. Right, right. I think that the I think that the style that they were going for for is definitely going to be influenced by the Matrix movies that were coming out at the time, right? Because wasn't it Reloaded that same year or like the year prior? This medallion was two thousand and three, so you know, I they actually I, I can't even say that for certainty because you know, obviously this yeah, they were the in production. They might have been in production. Exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. But a lot, I I can imagine, I can only imagine that it might have had some sort of influence. Although, the physics of this movie, because, you know, Neo's always flying around in, in the later movies anyways, but here it just doesn't feel, it doesn't feel right. Like, nothing about the floatiness, like, doesn't work on any level. Like, not in, even if you put yourself in the context of a Wuxia fan. So, yep. it's just, it just feels like Looney Tunes logic, but even Looney Tunes is more grounded in physics than this movie (laughs) so uh going back a little bit more yeah so i wanted to disagree with you in the fact that uh none of the like the power levels are set up i think you've said like why are they just like randomly floating around because it because it kind of is and that's Mm -hmm. one of the that's one of the typical story tropes when somebody gets superpowers Mm -hmm. in the beginning of the movie jackie chan doesn't know how to control his power so you can see like oh he opens the door too strongly it blows away uh when they're in the hospital he jumps and he goes right through the ceiling i like that kind of stuff because at least that's giving us an understanding of okay that's his power level Mm. and he can't control it 
I'm not saying the execution is good, yeah, but yeah. I understand <laughs> okay. later on when they're flying, you know, when they're jumping through the trees. Yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah, I get it. They're they're super powered beings. And then when we get to this ending, I don't like it, but <laughs> at this point, I understand it's going to be guys on wires flying around and hitting each other. So right. I think everything is explained and it it's fine in terms of the story, but the execution, sure. I just, I hate. I just hate yeah, how it yeah. looks. I, I, I would need to take you uh, within context because like, you just said, I liked all those things. I'm like, okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> okay, good. Uh, I'm, I'm saying like it, it, it all like technically works, but when you watch the final product, it is, is disappointing. Oh, of course, of course. But hey, let's, let's end on a positive note for the... Medallion. let's end on a positive note for this movie because uh i mean there actually is some good to it and we end by talking about the everything before the mystical elements start up in this movie before all the magic happens <laughs> uh, there's actually some scenes where jackie is doing some practical fighting there is some wire work that is being a little bit overused but i would say that for example, the boat fight scene in the dark uh, at nighttime, that one's pretty, it's okay. It's, it's not okay. great. Yeah, you have to really cut out those moments and string them together for it to feel good because mm -hmm. the pacing of that whole sequence is just very slow. It's him yep. taking on like one or two people at a time yep. as they're slowly trying to infiltrate the ship. And one thing I noticed is there's a little bit of MMA going on here. <laughs> like a loose the, definition. The very, very, very slightest. Uh, mm -hmm. That was one thing like we, I was always looking for. It's like we don't really see Jackie Chan doing that sort of stuff, any sort of takedowns. But um, yeah, I like the moment where uh, he catches the he catches the kick from the one guy, sweeps the leg, gets him on the ground. You know, kind of like in a in, in like a leg hold, and then ties him ties yeah. the leg to the guy's hand like i thought that was really cool mm -hmm. and then he does a scissor, scissor leg takedown to another guy and i was like whoa i don't <laughs> remember jackie chan doing that kind of stuff yeah so yeah. it it felt like there you know samo was trying to give hints of something different from jackie although when you look at the final product i think you know it, it's just really dark it's shot at night they're all wearing those black get-ups mm. it just it's it's a little hard to see sometimes yeah, yeah yeah and just just the pacing of it's very slow i would have liked i I would have liked it to feel like a fight scene but it just feels like okay i'm gonna take out this guy i'm gonna take out this guy now i'm mm. gonna take out this guy well if we're gonna compare it to other well-produced fight scenes in other movies absolutely everything you said is correct but this is the closest we get to decent <laughs> this movie oh. is not correct. Oh, I'll, I'll disagree. I'll disagree with you again. Uh, I think the Do last. We have another one. Yeah, I think the fight between Claire and stuntwoman Nikki oh. uh, Berwick at the end, when she fights the the blonde lady. Uh, yeah, I know what you're you, referring if to. If you think about a one-on-one -on -one fight, yeah, that is the only. Is that the only one? It kind of it, is, yeah. That's the yeah. only one, and it lasts a decent amount of length. And there's some, you know, there's some okay choreography, but it's just it's over in a flash. Right, right. Well, the the stunt woman that she's fighting with, uh, she's obviously been the 
doing this for a while. They're they're working around for Lani's strengths, or like well, playing up to her strengths as much as possible because she's obviously not a trained martial artist. I mean, yes, it the the boat fights. I I do like it a little bit more because it's Jackie doing these Jackie things. There's a little bit too much wire work, obviously. And you're right. It is dark at times. I you sometimes can't make out what's happening. But there's some fun to be had in there a little bit. Like when he takes the gun and he shoots the other guy's gun oh, in man. their hand. That was, that was so, so stupid. silly. It was but, so silly. But that's it's actually different. Very... It's different. That's why I'll I'll give it that. Right, right. But all those things, that's kind of what I expected from a Jackie movie. You know, because or Jackie's style. It's It's kind of... Sometimes they're silly, but they're also kind of grounded in in comedy. And yes, yes. That's why yeah. I miss about Jackie's movies you know, or Jackie's style that we don't cover a lot on our show because no one else does it. But I once again, once the magical elements of this movie start up, all that's out the window. You know, like there's, there's all of Jackie's style is completely gone. There is, oh god, that scene where he is fighting or running away from Julian Sands in the forest. Uh, is so embarrassing because not only it does it not feel like a Jackie Chan action scene whatsoever, it ends with him getting grabbed in the chest and him doing a Wilhelm scream. Uh, that's it great. Is, I love that. It's so <laughs> embarrassing. And then he falls, and then I think he does another Wilhelm scream. Doesn't he do like two of them? I think it's just the one when he gets grabbed in the chest. But uh, when he falls, like it's this really great top-down camera angle, and he just plops down on the ground. Uh, God. It's just, uh, it, it's just embarrassing. This movie's quite the embarrassment. Not to say that the tuxedo isn't embarrassing in and of itself, though. Hey, but, um, great segue, because hey. we've been talking about the medallion for so long, we should shit on the tuxedo now. <laughs> I, okay, well, here, we're talking about the tuxedo. Uh, all right, I did the plot for this one. I think you can summarize tuxedo without okay. just saying the villain does gets the same thing that gets the title of the movie. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so the tuxedo is about Jackie Chan. He is a taxi driver. He gets hired to be the personal driver for what seems to be a secret agent. Uh, Jackie Chan does not know he's a secret agent. <laughs> so uh, one night, the car that jackie chan is driving gets uh i guess bugged somehow and gets exploded by a bomb skateboard that's following them mm -hmm. the spy uh you think he dies he what ends up happening is jackie chan puts on the the spy's tuxedo and finds out that the tuxedo is what makes the guy kind of like a secret agent it gives him essentially superpowers the watch he is wearing has different modes, and all the modes basically turn in, turn him into normal Jackie Chan. Yeah, basically the normal Jackie Chan. You need yeah. a watch to turn yourself into a normal Jackie Chan. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and then there's some really stupid plot with poisoning the world's water supply, so that one water company can be the main supplier they can be a monopoly to so it's nestle in the world just nestle wants it <laughs> yeah, nestle. yeah. Uh, evil waters company yeah uh well apparently you understood the plot of the tuxedo way more than you did the medallion <laughs> uh, the, uh you know what 
I, I think when we were watching this, I just, I, I mentioned this to you. I was like, is this just the same story as Johnny English? And I don't recall Johnny English, so you'll have yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't watched that movie in forever, but from what I can tell, like, it's basically almost, yeah, I wouldn't say they're the same. Actually, in fact, like, the more I think about it, they're probably not similar outside of the, the concept that it's just about a incompetent spy um, mm-hmm. But Johnny English is better because it's 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 just I remember being more humorous, you know, because Rowan Atkinson you know sells that role really well. Uh, here, Jackie, uh, the the whole comedy angle comes from the fact that Jackie doesn't know what he's doing. It's just it, he's just letting the suit dictate what he you know everything for him, yeah. and that's kind of a shame because you kind of want Jackie to you know beat everybody in the end by just using his own abilities it's like he shouldn't be reliant on the suit it's usually that's that's like the yeah but that's not the story trope. it's about him obtaining the superpowers learning to control them and then beating up everybody in the end yeah yeah and that if we're going with normal american movie production or movie conventions it's usually that's usually the case right like oh it's not it's not the suit that makes you it's the inner jackie chan within you yeah uh, yeah they we don't go that route we should have had a scene where in the end he's fighting you know both suits are fighting somehow jackie chan's suit malfunctions the the villain gloats about how he has the upper hand because he has a better ability and Jackie Chan defeats him with some sort of foreshadowing, uh, you know, earlier in the film. Yeah, and then they fly up into outer space. Uh, you know, one of them you know, freezes to <laughs> death. Like they fall down to the earth, and then Nick Fury shows up at the end. Yeah, uh, it's great. Uh, the tuxedo is ultimately more forgettable to me. I don't know. You said you you don't remember the medallion much, but I don't know. Every time I watch the tuxedo. As soon as I'm done, I forget everything about the movie. Well, I, I completely forget both movies after <laughs> watching it. But, uh, yeah, the the tuxedo is more boring because it's mm. more safe. Yeah. The medallion is more entertaining because it's doing things just completely wrong, but <laughs> we can kind of laugh at it in a lot of aspects. Yeah. And we can kind of... We're annoyed at Lee Evans in that movie, right? So mm-hmm. even though we, we don't like him, our annoyance at him is kind of engaging us in the film. There's <laughs> not really anybody like that in a tuxedo. Everybody's fine. Even yeah. Jennifer Love Hewitt uh, is, you know, she never goes overboard. They make her kind of like a shrill almost at times. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't say shrill, but I, I can see what you mean by that, though. Yeah. yeah, like she she mainly is good looking uh, sidekick character. She gets to show her off her body a lot and uses that to her advantage at some points in the film, but it's more distasteful than anything. Absolutely. <laughs> and yeah, it th- it's weird. This movie has some decent cinematography at times. As I mentioned earlier, there's nothing really wrong in terms of the plot. It's just so safe that it's it's boring. Yeah, that is true. I mean, this is clearly a... Uh, well, it wasn't like Medallion. This was clearly an American production from beginning to yeah. end. Yes. DreamWorks. It's a DreamWorks production. Um, but it's not like... Yeah, it's not like your Rush Hour. It's not like your Shanghai Noon. It's not nothing of that sort. It's barely a martial arts movie whatsoever. I, I can probably count all the fight scenes in like 
two fingers. <laughs> There's really not that many, at least uh, not from my immediate knowledge. A lot of it is just look at all the gadgetry. And it's not even all the gadgetry. It's like look at Jackie Chan, who is a gadget. And look at what he can do when he has a suit on. Yeah, um, so usually with, you know, spy films, you kind of, you play up the gadgetry because that's that's the fun thing. Oh, what can they, what normal object can they make into some sort of uh, spy thingy, yep. thingamajigger? In this case, the the normal male tuxedo is actually like a, a fighting machine right. uh, for its wearer. And... If you think about it, yes, Jackie Chan would be perfect for this role because, you know, he's he's literally like this crazy martial arts machine uh, in, yeah. in other movies. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. what they do with it is what's disappointing because as Jackie Chan fans, we know he's capable of so much more. And what they do in this film, like it, it's not, yeah, it's just not good. Yeah, so unlike The Medallion, which... Made in Hong Kong uh, as originally an international production and was distributed here and you know reshot here. This was always American, so we're Jackie Chan was always working with the constraints of what the American filmmakers will allow. Their insurance yes. will not allow you to do this jump. They will not allow you to do this this uh, running jump or whatever. And, like all these constraints, and Jackie has already aired his frustrations with this movie uh, in terms of you know what he wasn't allowed to do there's this uh interesting shot we you and i are watching it and we we thought at the time like oh if only they didn't cut it where and he's he's on the top of a silo and he's just barreling down um uh down this uh uh using his two hands he's just like basically yeah, he's like wedged down. between like the sides mm -hmm. of two of the of the two giant uh, yeah. cylindrical silos and and he's just sliding down really really cool shot mm -hmm. you see it in the beginning but then they like they like cut it up no face reveal. I mean, we were like, oh, man, if that was Jackie, that'd be great. Apparently, listening to the behind the scenes, he did that during rehearsal. But then when it came to the actual shoot, they, the insurance would not allow him to do that. So they said, nope, we got to get one of the stunt folks to do it. And that explains everything. I mean, that's usually the case. I feel like that's you know, whenever we get a stunt person. I mean, not usually, but it could be always one of the reasons why whenever we have a a person we know can do the martial arts or doing the stunt, they get a stunt double instead because, you know, they don't get clearance. Um, that, yeah, it's a shame because I'm like, I mean, have we, you've watched Who Am I, right? Like, you've, you've seen him do that, uh, that fall. Uh, is it Who Am I? Yeah, Who Am I was the one who was like descending off the side of the, the building. It was like, that was, oh, yeah. yeah, like it's, it's, this is like, that silo thing is child's play to him, especially if he's on wires. Yeah. yeah, it looked it looked cool when you see it, but then when it gets edited, you're just like, oh, come on. Yeah, like, just, exactly. Just show us the whole thing. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that would have been great if it was just a stunt person doing the whole thing, right? Then like just but showing yeah. one continuous motion. Like I don't care yeah, if it's not Jackie. I, I've I've learned to appreciate uh, just a good stunt. It doesn't have to be Jackie Chan, although it's great if it is. But if it's a good stunt and we get it all in the you know all in the wide, or at least it's edited where we can understand what's going on, like. You know, just show us that. You know, I'm fine with I'm fine with a good stunt, even if it's not the star. Yeah, yeah, that is true. I mean, we at least we get, at least we know it's Jackie when he's twerking in the movie. Oh uh. my god! Oh my god! I it, <laughs> the, the so one of the maybe more infamous scenes in this movie 
has Jackie Chan and uh, is it Jennifer Love Hewitt? Yeah, Jennifer Love Jennifer Hewitt. Love Sarah Triumph. Michelle Geller. Yeah, Sarah, yeah. Sarah <laughs> I Michelle always Geller, confuse yeah. the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, infiltrate, trying to infiltrate uh, information or on the bad guy. I don't even know who that is. Yep. But the, it, he's hanging out at a club where James Brown is performing. Jackie Chan accidentally yep. knocks him out or, you know, like quadruple <laughs> flips him to the ground. And then Jackie Chan now has to perform in James Brown's absence. And oh boy. Yeah, it's it goes on. It, it goes it on. It goes on. It goes and on. on. And even in the deleted scenes, it goes on even longer. Oh yeah, zero. zero did I send you the behind the scenes making of that scene? Jackie had to do that the whole thing in one cut. <laughs> oh, Apparently, oh, and the, yeah, yeah. They had multiple cameras. They 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 didn't like just shoot. I mean. Yeah, we, we know very well now that when you shoot, uh, you know, a Hong Kong fight mm-hmm. scene, you don't do it from beginning to end. You do it in portions so you yes. can just move the camera around. In America, they just like to do it beginning to end with like five cameras on the person. So he has to memorize all that dance choreography and singing. And Jackie Chan said that even though he is a skilled martial artist, he is not a good dancer. I don't, And so I don't, I don't dancing care. was very <laughs> difficult for him. I, same with me i'm terrible at dancing but you know like what whatever it, it, the, the point being is that i'm sure that the filmmakers made wanted the scene in there because they thought it'd be funny it thought it'd be it's like it's le- it's light it's there's like levity to it you know like I mean, it's, it's cute them, yeah, it's in cute. theory in execution it is cringy and embarrassing well okay if it was just him singing the james brown songs on stage Perfectly fine, you know, innocent enough. Mm-hmm. But Jackie Chan going up to the bad guy and the bad guy's date and shaking his ass for so long. Oh, holy Jesus. Like when you see it, you're just like, oh, okay, that's that's dumb. Okay, let's move on. And you realize we haven't moved on for a good couple minutes. Yep. And Oh boy, you just you want it to end. You really, really want it to end. <laughs> the, the, like I had flashbacks to Back to the Future at the end of the movie where Marty Fly is singing Johnny Be Good. Mm-hmm. It's, it's basically like that kind of scene. It's like okay, this doesn't add anything to a movie. It's just supposed to be the actors like it's, uh, having fun, the, the filmmakers having fun, and it's also be supposed to be a celebration for the characters to just party it up uh, you know like this even though it doesn't add anything to the movie you know the audience is supposed to enjoy it with them but like marty mcfly isn't shaking his ass at the principal for like five <laughs> minutes straight it's, it's embarrassing i mean hey maybe that's on the cutting floor we don't know <laughs> johnny b good um yeah i don't know i i that scene just goes on way too long and it like it, it has does. it really and does. man the, the deleted scene i think has james brown coming back and he, yes, and then there's yes. even more dancing. There's afterwards. even more dancing. Yeah, ah. uh, yeah, yeah. We, we we don't need any of that. Like absolutely. Um. Yeah. So we talked about Jennifer. Well, Jennifer Love for not not Jennifer Sarah Love Michelle Michelle Geller. Yeah. You're Jennifer getting your Love '90s Fear. girls mixed. Up. I, I really am. And who's who's the one who's played Sabrina? I always confuse those three. Um, Melissa Joan Hart. Yes. There we go. Um. So there's really not that much fighting in this movie. 
like at all <laughs> i don't at least i don't remember from what i remember uh, yeah the, there's a lot more at the end but it's just uh, uh, yeah. yeah well the reason why i was gonna bring up uh not sarah michelle geller uh, jennifer love hewitt the reason why i want to bring her up is because you told me that she filmed for like three months for her scenes she only has like one fight scene and i, I watched the behind the scenes uh, of her training for the movie and there's some stuff in there that are, looks very interesting and her train yeah her training looked pretty good yep. you know like uh, it, it seems like that could have translated onto screen into something a little more interesting but the final product she is she is more the damsel in distress although she can she can technically fight they they make a joke out of her lack of fighting ability like she's referencing the fight manual yeah. at one point yeah for comedy sure but she can kind of hold her own but they only give her like very very limited amount of moves yeah well the choreography that you see of her rehearsing doesn't really make it into the final cut at least yeah. from what i can tell like none of that choreography comes into play so apparently there's one scene where she broke a finger i wonder i'm wondering where that came from i like, i'm, I'm assuming no, yeah. it'd be the first fight where they were on top of the silos, uh, that's some that same silos scene that we we're referring to before, uh, and Jackie is, you know, using the the tucks to his advantage at this uh, at this time, and I guess we could talk about Jackie's difficulty with making this movie. Uh, apparently, he says that it was very difficult because he had to look like he would, had no idea what he was doing, while he was physically acting like he was very proficient. And I can see how that can be very difficult for someone as an from an acting standpoint, right? Because you know yes. your, your face, because Jackie's, I mean, he's he's super expressive, you know, when his uh, when he's whenever he's on camera. So uh, for him to say that this was a challenge for him, I can definitely buy it. I can definitely believe believe it when he says that uh, because like he he has to act as if he doesn't know what his body's about to do next. And I yeah, think that's his, very interesting. His body has control over what he's physically doing but his face should be telling us what the hell is going on right if you want a good example of uh that you should watch upgrade because that oh. there is a there's a sim there's some parallels there where the man's body is out of control and the machine is doing all the awesome uh awesome martial arts stuff for him yeah and we actually did cover that episode very briefly so you can <laughs> check that out but anyway this episode ever the yeah. Anyway, the tuxedo does not harp on that at all, which it really should have. Like, I would have liked more moments of Jackie Chan. Like, I, I'm not controlling my body. This is amazing because, you know, he has no martial arts ability. His character doesn't, I mean, mm -hmm. in the beginning of the movie. So he should be just be like shocked that he's beating the crap out of these guys. They should have shown a progression of that, like, Hey, look at what the tux can do. Like it can do this with the arms. They show a little bit later, like, okay, there's a pants only defense. So his, his legs are doing stuff. They kind of elaborate there with, which is cool, but that fight is just so yeah. short. It's just so <laughs> short. Yeah. The, well, the, the joke is that he's trying to put on his clothes and defend himself at the same time. And also there's a rabidly horny woman who wants to sleep with him and all in the same scene. Yes. That's the comedy, yeah. But uh, yeah, did, did, did I already mention that this, these movies are very hypersexualized sometimes? 
<laughs> sometimes, not all. Sometimes, sometimes. So this movie in particular, it sometimes does feel like it's written by a thirteen-year-old. This one, yeah, this one a lot more goes with. Uh, like I mentioned, like you get uh, Jennifer. Jeez, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Sarah, Sarah Michelle Keller. <laughs> yeah, instead instead of mugging her face for the camera, she's mugging like her tits every now and then. And yeah, it's just like it's just like okay, okay, we get it. Right, right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, there's really I don't have as much to say about this movie in particular because a lot of the fighting is not very doesn't stand out very much to me. It's very forgettable. There's yeah the well, the, the Jackie movie itself. Is yeah, also the Jackie isms are barely here there's a moment when he he's he he's getting like tied up on the silo the guys are you know like they they kind of got him in that noose and he's trying to get out of it and there's some stuff where like okay that's where jackie chan you know his style comes to play you know he's using the rope he's wrapping the guys around he's like you know uh barreling over them but it's just in such minuscule little portions like yeah. you're it, it's not enough to entice his fan base to enjoy this movie. Yeah, yeah, and I think that I don't know. I like I, I felt like the movie kind of meanders at times, like let, plot wise, like everything you said before. Oh yeah, about, oh like, completely. It, it's it, they just get to the point, really. You know, it doesn't have to be as long as it is. Like you can cut out ten minutes of the movie and it wouldn't affect anything. Those ten minutes being the James Brown scene. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the payoff at the end is that he gets his tux taken off of him, given to the villain, and then he, again, going with standard movie tropes, you would think Jackie would use his wits or whatever to beat the villain, not because of ja that's a Jackie Chan standard, but because it's an American production, like American filmmaking kind of trope that you see in a whole bunch of things. Like oh, man. Just, what? So, you know what should have happened? Uh, in the beginning of the movie, we learned that Jackie Chan is an excellent driver. He should He just have, runs over the villain? Yeah, he should have run him over with his car. Or she should have used the car to try and, I don't know, fight him with it. <laughs> oh, it turns into a Transformers fight. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, no, well, that doesn't happen. Uh, instead... He gets another suit. It's basically the the same story as Iron Man, um, and they they don't really fight. They kind of do, but not really. There's just like nothing at all that's worthy of being pointed out there. Yeah, there's a few blows exchanged, but I don't I don't think that um, what's I don't even know the guy's name. The guy who plays the villain doesn't, doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he is a martial artist, so yeah. they have to do a lot of just cutting to make him look you know, fast right, when right. he's throwing well, some of the blows. Bra Brad Allen, who does a stunt doubling for him, and I think there's another uh, Caucasian stunt person who also, uh, who was part of Jackie's stunt team, are credited in the movie. So I'm assuming that one of the two probably subbed in for the main villain. and But they don't fight. Not really. Like, Jackie doesn't really fight the villain all too much. There's, like, not much choreography. It's like they're mostly doing flips. Uh, like when the villain gets a suit, he just does a bunch, bunch of back handsprings and then escapes yeah. the room. And then, and then the rest of it is, is the villain fighting Jackie. It's the actual actor who's playing him, but there's no, there's no intricate choreography to be had there. Nothing to point out. And in that case, I can already tell you the, the fighting in the tuxedo is significantly worse than, than medallion, but not oh, yeah. like either one are good. Both are pretty atrocious. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I would say that the medallions is just better because at least there is fight choreography for mm-hmm. the most part. Uh, and in the tuxedo, uh, it, it feels like there's more, but I think they just cut it all out. Yeah, it's it's the Jackie. Ugh. It's like a Jackie Chan movie, but not really. It's like taking the gadgetry from your normal spy movie and just really honing in on that. And then the choreography takes a complete backseat. Yeah. So much so that it's not even... I wouldn't even say any of this is real choreography. It's like there's so little of it in this movie. It just it just really hones in on the spy gear and all that stuff. And look what these, this, what these shoes can do. Wow, they can tie themselves. Oh, wow, it's awesome. <laughs> Take that back to the future too. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of back to the future references today. Yeah. <laughs> um Wow, and, and yeah, there, there's a the the fighting that happens gets interrupted because there's like a MacGuffin in the room. There's um there's this water strider. That's a bug. Oh god, let's not even the, go into that. I don't even I don't have to. I'm just saying uh, there there's a MacGuffin in the room and it's all about like protecting that thing. It's not really about the fighting anymore. So yeah, it's it's not, it's like a complete waste. It's a waste of time. <laughs> yeah. And then at the end of the day, uh, he tries to hit on the woman that he wanted to hit on at the very beginning, and then Sarah uh-huh. Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> I already fucked up a, a million times today. Jennifer Love Hewitt's like, oh, you shouldn't go out with her. You should go out with me because you know i love being your your second choice i love that shit you know, like that that makes me really into you for some reason yeah, and that's she exactly gets all, what she gets all pissy that you know he's going after another woman instead of her and they've been partners this whole time oh god who cares? yep yeah that's yeah. Yeah, bad <laughs> yeah yeah and that's the that's the tuxedo that's the tuxedo and that was the medallion and both movies are really bad really bad and yeah like i i wish we could just like I'm, I'm trying to think like if we took elements from each movie like the good from one movie and the good from other and we like mashed it together yeah. like could it could it work because well, one, one's so, magical one's technological yeah, yeah that's true uh <laughs> well because like in the medallion i liked the love interest um what's her name uh claire for Lonnie. Lonnie. They tried to give her and Jackie a backstory. And whenever they shared screen time together, you can tell like she felt, you know, at least in her acting, it felt like she uh, cared deeply about him. Uh, every, every time she was together, it just, it, they looked, they looked pretty good as an on-screen couple, I thought. Mm, right. Uh, and, but all that stuff is just, you know, it's just it doesn't matter because you don't really care about anything going on because that movie's kind of a mess. But if I was gonna think about something positive about the medallion, that was one aspect that I thought was oh, okay. You know, I, I kind of believe that they shared, uh, you know, a, a past love together because mm-hmm. you know they broke up somewhere in that timeline. Sure. Okay. I I wouldn't go into either one of these movies hoping that the romantic elements of them are <laughs> like the selling point. Well, but no, yes, uh, I, but, I agree. But you, agree. but because the stories have that, you want to believe that it's genuine, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. No, that you're absolutely right because the Jennifer Love Hewitt falling for Jackie at the end, 
I don't buy it for one second because it yeah, comes out of forced. nowhere. It's, yeah, it's, it's there forced. because she is the female lead and she has to be the love interest of the male lead. Exactly. You know, they, they don't have any chemistry before that, so why on earth would this be needed? Um, I might have to make a weird statement. I don't think either movie needed Jackie Chan whatsoever. And not because... Not because, uh, you know, like, uh, for the obvious reasons, which is like... These are these are very Western set movies. No, let, let me let me rephrase that. I feel like a lot of the dialogue, the writing, uh, it, it doesn't fit Jackie's style. You know, like uh, like I don't believe any of these movies. Like when Jackie Chan's delivering them, uh, it doesn't feel natural to him. And I would say, and they're not in the tuxedo. I thought this was probably one of his best. Uh, English language performances oh. in that I thought his delivery was pretty good. Absolutely, no, I, I agree with you there. But it doesn't need to be Jackie, right? Like, what if Jackie's going to be in the movie and he's not, he's not especially great at it, like this movie because like everyone's kind of like the movie's kind of silly, right? You know, like the movie's silly and not very well done. It doesn't need to be Jackie Chan because the other selling point of the movie would be like his physical presence and his action, and neither movie do does the choreography especially well to really show Jackie at his, at his best. So that's why, that's why I say like neither movie really needed Jackie to be in the roles. It could have so, been like a generic actor, like on wires. The entire right. time. So I'll say that, uh, I think the movie did. I think both movies, uh, should have capitalized on Jackie Chan Yeah, because the stories makes sense like you have somebody being superhuman with with the abilities of the title of the film right mm -hmm. and J jackie chan makes sense because he is kind of a extraordinary human in that he was at this time he was doing really really crazy and amazing things yeah the issue is the execution and what we saw doesn't capitalize on using jackie chan so right. that's why it could have been anybody <clears throat> but i think when you're thinking about casting, it's like, well, you want somebody capable, and Jackie Chan, I think, was right. was the right pick. But right. what we got is not what we actually wanted. Right, right. Um, and and just to go against Oops. like the whole typecasting, <laughs> careful there. Uh, the whole typecasting uh, thing. Like, I don't, I don't mean for Jackie to always play like a specific role. I mean, if you put him the right role and you give him, and uh, you like give him things to do. Uh, and it feels authentic to his character or his performances, I think it, that's the roles that he should be given. The flip side of this movie would be like The Foreigner, where he's he's not doing any comedy, but his, and his his physical, his his fighting is not even too very much like the the action comedy that he's normally known for, but it still feels like they're capitalizing on Jackie. But of course, it's, a far more recent movie but i'm just saying like it, here's this movie like it on the surface it looks like a jackie chan movie both of these movies feel like it but they're not using him to the full effect yeah well i mean that i think ultimately that's the issue with both films they're not using jackie chan properly yeah they got they got absolutely they got the guy that probably would be bet suited for the role but yeah he's they're not they're not doing it right
Right. Yeah, exactly. Too much wire work, like overly edited sometimes. Uh, both movies, I feel like. I feel like the medallion's worse in that aspect because the, the tuxedo's, again, more, way more competent. It's more forgettable. But, oh no. Uh, it, it feels like it's like a teeter totter with my uh, like opinions yeah. of either movie. Like, which one's worse? Like, right. they both okay, well, pretty terrible. Yeah. Well, how about we? How about we get towards the recommendations? Recommendations. Now? Sure. Yeah. Since we're <laughs> we're kind of going in a circle. Yeah, we we are zero. Uh, I'll I'll let, do. You, I maybe you have a more conclusive, uh, like statement to make about these films. Okay. Yeah, I could go. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've, I've echoed it, uh, basically throughout this whole, uh, discussion. The Tuxedo is the better made film. Uh, if you go from point A to point B and with the plot, there are no glaring holes. Everything makes sense. It all wraps up nicely, but it's just, it's just more forgettable. It, yeah. it It's more safe. I, I said that before too. And that's what makes it kind of forgettable. Uh, the medallion, uh, I, I think it just gets kind of, it gets kind of weird once the magical powers go into play and it becomes kind of laughably bad because of the magical powers, because you got men on wires just kind of getting tangled yeah. up in the air together. <laughs> uh, yeah. oh man, like, yeah, this, this is, is not tough. easy. Like, this yeah, it's not hard. easy. Like, okay, what would I... What, what, what I, do you classify as worse, though, right? Because there's, okay, there's different worse? criteria. What's uh, worse and which one's more entertaining? But uh, okay, like, okay, okay. Good doesn't always mean better, right? Right, good, right. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, I get it. Okay. The Tuxedo is the better film, but it is w- the worst between the two because it's not really, it's not as enjoyable as the Medallion. Mm-hmm. The Medallion has, like, incompetencies that make it entertaining so that's why i would have to give it to the medallion and the medallion it you know like everything on paper should have naturally made the medallion the winner you know you got scott atkins in there you got samuel hunt action directing uh, but it just all falls apart when it comes together so it's just kind of a mess too but yeah the medallion is the more entertaining watch for me huh I don't know what to add to that because, it, yeah, that echoes everything I said. But, yeah, I might be more harsh on the tuxedo. Yes, you're right. It is more competent. But I find it extremely forgettable. Um, almost to the point where it, it becomes incompetent in that aspect. Production-wise, it's fine. Like they had, Clearly, you could tell there's a production value to the movie. But the movie itself is so like it's so embarrassing <laughs> at times not like the medallion's any better but you know the, the tuxedo i find um somehow is cringy the tuxedo i mean the tuxedo is more cringy and forgettable at the same time so in that aspect uh, i don't know the, the embarrassing factor makes me actually kind of want to recommend the tuxedo more because the when the medallion gets bad it gets really bad like it's really hard to sit through like i it's 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 so difficult especially with any scene with leave evans like, he is just the worst um but ultimately I, i'm gonna say if i had to recommend the two i'd probably probably recommend the medallion 
I think it's it's entertaining for all the wrong reasons. And not even in a so bad it's good way. It's more like at least it's semi memorable. The tuxedo, I'm already forgetting aspects of the movie as we speak right now. Like and that's actually the reason why we're doing this episode today. This is me covering my bases. This is me assuring I never have to watch these movies ever again in my lifetime. Ever. But I what am if going- but what if somebody asks us to compare them against Bleeding Steel? Bleeding Steel wins. I don't I, I don't have any basis for that that answer. I'm just going to say that so I never have to compare I never have to watch these movies ever again. You mean Bleeding Steel wins and being the worst out of out of all of all three of them? Uh, sure, whatever. <laughs> whatever. If it involves any answer or any question involves these two movies again, the answer is always yes. It doesn't matter what the question is. I don't have to watch these movies ever again. God almighty, I'm not going to watch these movies ever again. If you want, if you want Will to watch these movies again, no. hit us up on social media. <laughs>